Here's new information in the Dylan Rounds case. Dylan has been missing for almost five months now. He went missing on May 28th of this year, and only recently has his case been regarded as a potential homicide. Dylan's family has been fighting. They've been having a heck of a time trying to get the... Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org case to this point and they have been struggling to find out what the truth is and they still have not had any closure as Dylan still hasn't been found. So in today's video we're going to dig a little bit deeper with this new information, sort out the details and paint a picture of what this all means or what it could mean. There's some interesting details. So now let's get into it. Dylan's parents, Candace and Justin, were recently seen on two interviews, one with East Idaho News and one with the Diesel Brothers on YouTube. They brought new information on James Brenner, aka Jim, who is the prime suspect in the case. And in my opinion, it's not looking good for Jim. But Dylan hasn't also been found yet. We now have more info on the timeline. And it is really interesting in the picture that it's painting using this new information. And it looks like Jim's trying to frame someone else, but from the sounds of it, that person he's trying to frame has an alibi. Let's take a look at the timeline. On Wednesday, May 25th, three days before Dylan went missing, Dylan calls his mom and tells her about this barefoot hitchhiker. He says the man was trying to get a ride, he had no shoes, he looked bloody, and he asked to use his phone. And now this encounter is even now more important, especially when it comes to Jim Brenner. That hitchhiker was Chase Venstra. He's currently in jail on charges unrelated to Dylan Rounds. And Dylan's mom, Candace, did say that Dylan liked to call her up. He would tell her, you know, stories. He's very open and he would share these types of things. And Candace and Justin did say that this is the first time that they had ever heard of Chase's name. Dylan never brought it up before. Now, Jim worked for Dylan. So I wonder if Dylan didn't come back and tell Jim about this story about Chase and him asking for a ride. It's quite possible. So you'll see in a minute why I'm bringing this up. Another guy who worked for Dylan, his name was Don, and he and Dylan got into a fight six weeks before his disappearance, and Don stopped working for Dylan. Three days after that, on Saturday, May 28th, was the day that Dylan vanished. And at 6.51 a.m. that morning, Dylan communicated with his grandmother. He said on the phone that he had to go get his seed covered before it gets wet. What was the new and latest info was that after Dylan talked to his grandma, Dylan called Jim Brenner. Then the phone went to Jim's 
house. Dylan's dad, Justin, said, right after that last phone call to my mother, Dylan called Jim Brenner. Then he went up to Jim Brenner's, the phone did, and was around there for a while. Then it went back to Dylan's place and then back to Jim Brenner's. Then according to Jim, he said he stopped by the pond on the way to Don's house because he was going there for lunch. That phone call was to grandma at 6.51. Says he has to go get his seed covered so it doesn't get wet. Dylan then calls Jim. Then Dylan goes to Jim's place, which is actually where the grain shed is. It's the same property. And that's where Jim was squatting. It wasn't his property. And something happened in the grain shed because according to Dylan's parents, they said that there's evidence that leads them to believe something happened right there. Then the phone tracked back to Dylan's place. He has the trailer and the trailer is five miles away from where that grain shed is. And that's where Candace and Justin saw Dylan's truck, which was also weird because it was completely washed except for the wheel wells. And also that truck was locked and Dylan was known not to lock his truck. Then Dylan's phone goes back to Jim. Then Jim says he stopped by the pond on the way to Don's place. The pond just happens to be where Dylan's phone was found. They drained the pond and they found it on June 18th. And the family said in earlier reports that it looked like there were slip marks and that's why they drained it. Now Candace said this about Jim. She says he placed himself at the pond the day Dylan disappeared and Dylan's phone was found in the pond. It was also said that there was nothing unusual on Dylan's actual phone. To me, this paints a detailed picture, but let's first break down a little bit more you know, adding more information. Justin said on one of these interviews that Jim was jealous of Dylan. He said he overheard a conversation between the two. And he said later to Dylan and gave him the heads up that he said, hey, this Jim guy's not your friend. And Dylan passed it off and said, you know, that's just Jim. Monday, May 30th, that was two days after Dylan's disappearance, Dylan was reported missing and his parents came out and that's when they found the boots, Dylan's boots behind a dirt pile. Candace said that Jim Brenner admitted to finding the boots. She says he said he found them by his camper somewhere and then decided Dylan wasn't coming back for them. Now, I find this an interesting statement. Let me know what you think below. How weird is that he finds his boots at his camper and then, you know, they're out on this dirt pile. But remember, Dylan's phone goes to Jim's, then to Dylan's, then back to Jim's. So why is Dylan's boots off? And Candace said in early reports that it looked like these boots were just tossed in the pile. You can see in this picture where the boots are in relation to Jim's place. She also said that there was a drop of blood on them. And interestingly, those boots weren't taken into the lab until a week later. Candace said they were just sitting at the back of the officer's vehicle. Candace says, those boots were not in that desert during a rainstorm on Friday, which is the day before Dylan disappeared. Those boots didn't have even dust or mud on them. I bet you Brenner put them there on Monday when he knew we were coming out and he had to get rid of them. Now, I'm gonna talk more about that in a minute, but Dylan's key fob to his truck and pistol were also missing. And Dylan's parents searched his trailer and found Dylan's gun case, but no gun. Now the next day, this is where we can't forget an important piece of information I mentioned in previous videos. Candace and Justin got a weird phone call on Tuesday. It was from a guy named Kurt, and he also worked for Dylan. Now Candace said that she was told on this phone call that Dylan was abducted and that Kurt knew exactly where Dylan was. He tells her that Dylan is with Chase Venstra, and another guy. 
and he tells her that he may or may not be alive and that he was being beaten. But Kurt says that he knows that they have Dylan. So Justin and Candace, like a bat out of hell, go to Montello, which is a half an hour away, to go find out where the heck their boy is. And they call the authorities, which was an ordeal in itself. But Dylan was nowhere to be found. It seems like that phone call was a diversion. I mean, why do that and why lie? So the question becomes, what does this Kirk guy know? And as I said in a previous video, these are red flags and why lie? So how well also does Kurt know Jim? Do they know each other? That's what I'd like to know. And if you know that info, please let me know below. It is a small area and everybody seems to know everybody there or almost everybody. So then after all that, the key fob magically reappears in Dylan's trailer and also Dylan's pistol. And that was checked before in the trailer and lo and behold, here it was. But Candace said that the pistol and the key fob were clean. Justin and Candace both said that Don and Jim would have had access. This is where it gets a little ludicrous. Thursday, June 2nd, this is four days after the parents reported Dylan missing, Jim, who currently had a felony warrant at the time, was cleaning up the shed in front of the authorities and in front of Candace and Justin. Candace said, Brenner pulled the grain truck out on his own and cleaned it. He was cleaning the shed with law enforcement and us there watching him. I saw him take out four garbage bags and put them in the back of his pickup. She says he wasn't cleaning up garbage that day. Whatever he took out in those bags was to hide right under law enforcement noses. Now we gotta talk about this because Jim has a very colorful background and he's been in trouble with the law for years. And from his background, it looks like the rules don't really apply to Jim because over and over he's not supposed to have weapons, yet he does and he gets in trouble for it and rinse and repeat. He even asked Don, and I talked about this in a previous video, to hold on to a weapon for him after the FBI got involved. It's a little messed up. And according to Candace, Jim had a warrant out on him since 2021, yet it seems that Box Elder were more concerned about Jim's feelings than a missing 19-year-old boy that vanished from the vicinity of a criminal. Candace says in a post, this was not a simple misdemeanor, this was a felony aggravated assault charge. I found it strange they did not arrest at this point but dismissed it because we were still in a panic but looking for Dylan. Brenner should have been arrested and held from day one and the property searched from top to bottom. Box Elder knew his violent criminal history, knew there was a warrant, have a missing 19 year old whose boots were found right by where Brenner lives, yet they do nothing. The warrant was originally issued on April 23rd, 2021. Box Elder was not acting on any warrants due to COVID until March 21st, 2022, unless they were felonies, which this was. So here we are, two months after, uh, you know, they should be acting on a warrant. May 30th, it says, is when we arrived and two Box Elder sheriffs directly spoke with Brenner multiple times. May 31st, search and rescue and Box Elder moves base so they do not irritate Brenner. This is absurd. They did not want to irritate the man with the felony warrant. That was more important than finding Dylan, and in brackets, infuriating. When Brenner was finally arrested on June 11th, 2022, he was immediately released, as the warrant said. Had Box Elder went to the judge and requested him be held on no bail, I have no doubt with the sources I have helping me, he would have stayed there. So this could have been prevented. Now, let's go back to Chase Vanstra 
and the day that he tried to get a ride with Dylan and did get a ride with Dylan. It was said by Dylan that Chase asked to use his phone and that Chase was barefoot and that he wanted a ride, right? And we know that Dylan always carried his gun also from what his parents said and obviously he drove that day and that was three days before he went missing. So Dylan tells his mom and maybe Dylan tells Jim since he works with him. Something happens that day in the shed and Kana said there's evidence in that shed that something happened to him. So with this knowledge that Jim potentially has, he could line up the story with what he knows and line up the evidence to point back to Chase. So now he would orchestrate that that way. Boots by the hill, he knows Chase was barefoot. Dylan's phone, he potentially knew that Chase asked to use his phone. Dylan's truck, Chase asked for a ride. And that's why it was the complete opposite. Dylan's truck was locked, not what was normal for Dylan. The seat was pulled up, not what was normal for Dylan. And also it was said that the gate was locked, also not normal for Dylan. And the gun would have had to have been returned in Jim's eyes because he wasn't supposed to have any weapons. And he even asked Don to hold one for him. So the gun has to get returned. And somehow Kurt knows something about this. I mean, why would he phone the parents and divert Justin and Candace away from the trailer unless somebody needed some access, potentially. Know what I'm saying? So according to Justin, Jim talked to Justin and Justin's mom and talked about the key fob, the gun, the boots, and the shed. And Justin said, my mom called Brenner out on some things and he said, well, I can't talk to you anymore. You're gonna have to talk to my lawyer. Justin also said that Jim was avoiding saying Chase's name. But Candace said that he did slip up and say it a few times. But Chase has an alibi that Saturday morning that Dylan disappeared. My only question is, was it in fact the morning that Dylan disappeared? I wish we knew the times that the phone pings were, but obviously they have to keep a few things close to their chest. But Jim said he was at the property all day Friday, all day Saturday until 2.30 p.m. And that's when he went to Don's house. He also said that the family should look where the railroad track is driving into Utah that apparently Chase used all the time. So at this point, I would do the exact opposite of what Jim's saying, wouldn't you? When Candace was asked what she thinks happened to Dylan and Brenner, she says, I think Brenner snapped that morning. I think there was a confrontation where we were at, which is the grain shed and he did something to Dylan. Now, what was cool in one of the interviews was that there was a near-infrared drone that was sent by EquiSearch, and it was said that FBI were not allowed to operate this special drone, and that Candace said that Box Elder wasn't even interested in doing it, but Diesel Brothers came out and did it for them, and it took approximately a half hour. Now, they didn't show what came of it or said anything about what came of it, but hopefully we could find out soon. I sure hope they can find Dylan and have some closure. Limbo is absolute hell for these families. And I think it's more than time that old Jim starts talking. The Diesel brothers also matched $100,000 of the reward to find Dylan. And the family said they are more than ready for more leads. And when it came to law enforcement, Candace said it was almost like being mocked and Justin agreed. And they mentioned it was a two and a half hour drive out and that they didn't they just didn't take it seriously in the beginning and she said nobody should have to fight this hard 
And imagine that your son is missing, you have to deal with all this other stuff on top of that. They could have had a lot more evidence early on if they would have taken this seriously and also taken the search warrant seriously on Jim Brenner. Maybe Dylan would still be here today if they would have acted on that warrant two months before. This could be your son, this could be your family member, and this is what goes on. Let's have a chat below. Check out my playlist on the case where I walk you through the timeline and some other details in the case. Thank you so much for watching. We'll see you soon.